0: Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Stand with me if you would. Thank you so much for being here. I'm glad that you are in the house of the Lord this morning. Aren't you glad to be here? Yeah, Yeah, we hope you are. Would you bow with me as we pray? Father, thank you for your grace and your mercy this morning. Thank you that we felt your presence, and we just pray for more. Holy Spirit, illuminate our hearts. We pray as the word is preached this morning. Be with us in this service in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Everyone says amen, amen. amen. You may sit down if you would, please. Go ahead and wave at your neighbor and say hi. Yes, however you're streaming, we are glad that you're here. If you want to open up your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 5, verse 17 through 26, is where we're going to begin. I'm going to read this story to you this morning, and I know that we're still into reading the Bible in church, so I don't, remember, I don't mind um, reading nine scriptures to, to begin, or nine verses here. But we're in a place where Jesus is healing a man that is paralyzed. He has something wrong with him, he can't walk, and he needs help. Now, we still believe that God heals, amen? He saves and he delivers, and we know that, absolutely. Christ does all of that. But what I want to concentrate on this morning is how he was able, okay? Listen to me, how he was able to walk the way that God told him to walk. What does he say? He says, I do what my father tells me to do, right? And I say what he tells me to say. So despite the opposition that came up against him in this moment, as we'll read, he still was able to do everything that he was supposed to do in the right manner. You know, one thing that that people talk about character is this simply. It's who you are when no one is looking. That's true character. In those moments, and that's what we're going to talk about as we end the sermon, as we end this series on life hacks, we're going to talk about godly character. What we're going to talk about is what godly character or who godly character attracts, and then we're going to talk about two simple things that if we'll really believe and know and put in our life as a life hack, we will know that God can use us because we're all tempted from time to time, aren't we? We're all tempted to do the wrong things or to say the wrong things, and at times we all do them. None of us are perfect, no, not one, right? Right? So we, we all know that, but if, as we look into this story, I, I want you to look with a set of eyes as saying, okay, Christ did something here, but how was he able to do it despite all the opposition? Yeah. We know that in the world that we live in, the opposition's gonna get worse and worse and worse, okay? We understand that. So the, stick, the, the stand that we take for Christ is gonna become even more and more important, and we can't just do that any way we want to. We have to do it with godly character. Can I have a healthy amen? Luke chapter 5, verse 17 through 26. On one of those days he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some of the men were bringing a bed, a man who was paralyzed. On a bed, a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up to the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles and the midst before Jesus. Sometimes you just got to get close to Jesus, don't you? And when they saw their faith, he said, excuse me, and when he saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemes, who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately he rose up before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home glorifying God. And amazement seized them all and glorified God, and they were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things today. Now, it despite all the opposition that he has in this text okay? Despite all that opposition, he was able to do what God had called him to do. Each and every one of us has things that Christ has called us to do, amen? And we know this. That's the reason why you're in the position that you're in. You are not in the position, I am not in the position, that we are in just for the benefits. We are here to fight a war for the cause of Christ, expanding the kingdom of God, amen? Bringing hope to the hopeless, faith to the faithless, so that they would all know about Jesus Christ, amen? Amen? That's what we're here for. Now, there's going to be oppositions because our enemy in the world and even us sometimes don't like that. But how do we continue to move and encounter Christ and do what he calls to do? And it comes back on character. Who are we when no one is looking? But we have to make sure we got to constantly fill in that character, right? We, have to, we know that upon salvation, the sin man changed and the nature changed, and now we are a new creation in Christ Jesus, okay? We know that. And let me take some pressure off of you, okay? You don't always have to try to be holy. You don't always have to try to be separate, okay? But as the Christ rises up within you, those things will natu- naturally happen, Amen. You don't have to go out and look for new friends because the friends that are around you, as you get closer to Christ, they'll start looking for new friends, right? Especially if they're not saved, okay? So you you don't have to always try. Just know that that will naturally bubble up inside of you, okay? And that's the character that we're talking about this morning. But for that to continue to overflow, there has to be an inflow for the outflow. Can I get an amen, all right? I think it was Thursday or Friday, maybe, no, it was probably Wednesday, so does any men in here have assignments when you get up in the morning, okay? Is anybody in here assigned jobs by your wife? Just me. Same thing in the 830 service. My wife is doing a great job training me, I guess. You guys, you women need to work harder, okay? Anyways, so I've got assignment. I know what I'm supposed to do whenever I get up. My wife does not leave, leave, like leaving the house without a lunch pack for her and Callie and a caramel macchiato, okay? She, and sometimes it's iced, and sometimes it's hot, but I love making coffee, so it's okay. And we have an espresso machine, but she had the task of doing it herself this time. So she's standing in front of the espresso machine, which pumps water and, and turns it into steam and pushes that steam through the coffee grounds and creates really a, a, a really a strong coffee drink, okay? And she's standing there. She has the coffee grounds. They're in the right place, and she has the container spun on there, and it's tight. She has the on button on She's looking at it, and it almost starts to work, and then all of a sudden it goes. So she's talking to the espresso machine. Have you guys ever talked to some stuff in your life? Yeah, so you feel her. You know what's going on. She's like, why are you not working? Why? Because she's in a hurry. She's trying to leave, you know. Yeah, her husband's not there to make things easier, so yeah. You know, yeah. Just saying, just saying. You know, she's in a hurry. Why are you not working? You know, and she looks, and everything's in the right position. And then she looks to the left, and she finds out that the water reservoir is completely empty. Now, it's really hard to make coffee without water. (laughs) And then she finally, she goes, fills up the reservoir, and everything works fine. And I got such a kick out of that story. And I was thinking about that as I talked this morning about character. Because if we truly want the character of God in our life, we got to make sure our reservoir is full of him. Okay, Because there will be pressured situations, there will be situations that cause us to steam at times, you know what I mean? And we better have the character of God in us, because if we don't, we're going to fail those situations. And as we look in this text, we see that Christ is amazing in what he does. Okay, Christ is amazing that despite the opposition that we're going to learn here in the text, he still did what he was supposed to do. And listen, you're more than capable of doing what you're supposed to do. It's not the old you, but it's the new that lives inside of you as a saved lover of Jesus. Amen? It's that new, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Now, the first thing that I notice that as I look in this text, that gets me excited is what godly character does is godly character attracts people, okay? Godly character will attract people to you. Have you guys ever had some people that you just wish wouldn't attracted to you at all? Oh my gosh, you know. I will pay you $20 to leave me alone. Any of you guys ever had that? Don't raise your hands, okay? It might be sitting next to you. Okay, anyways, here we go. Here we go. But, but it attracts, the, the godly character attracts. Being like Christ attracts people, and it attracts all types of people. And as I look in the text, I see that Pharisees were there and the teachers of the law. And then we see that people came from the village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. Uh, men, men came seeking him with their friend on the mat and saying, hey, would you help us? And then we also see this word crowd. There's a crowd there. Luke chapter five, verse 19, the crowd. See, one of the people or types of people that godly character always attracts and the one reason why we want more of it, okay, is because we wanna have influence over people, don't we? We wanna influence as many people and expose as many people to the kingdom of God as we can. I wanna go to heaven, but I sure don't wanna go alone. I wanna go with everybody that will sign up, amen, and accept him as the savior. So God has given you this influence. He's building this character. And one of the first people that we see is watchers. Have you ever been around people that just watch? It's kind of creepy, but most of the time, it's very comical. Me, one of the things I love doing is going to the mall. Actually, when the mall was big now, everything's bought offline and stuff. But you see some weird stuff, okay? You see the way people dress and act, and it gets pretty weird, okay? Sometimes it's comical, sometimes it's not. You know, these people had come and pushed in just to see what Christ was going to do next. Okay? You will have people that's attracted to you because of your character that you have in God that just want to see what God will do next in your life. Can I get an amen? And this is good. Okay, They want to see how you're going to act. They want to see what happens when the pressure really is put on you. And all they want to do is watch. Now, we shouldn't push those people away. And this is the reason why, because God has attracted them to you because he sees something in you that they need. And this is good okay but nonetheless we can't get frustrated okay these are the people they don't want to get involved they don't really want to do anything all they do is kind of show up and hang out okay you you don't you don't want those kind of people on your team do you okay you want those people in the stands if you're going to be on the team get on the pads and suit up and let's go together right okay now the next group of people that we see in here are wreckers okay these are what i like to call wreckers these are people that are intentionally in our life to wreck us okay I was doing a little bit of research. The the greatest wrecking ball is twelve thousand pounds. Now a wrecking ball is a big round ball, okay, that they put on the end of a chain and usually attach it to a crane and swing it back and forth. And its one purpose is to demolish, okay, and to destroy. There are people in the text here that we see that they showed up to do nothing more than to wreck that circumstance, okay? They wanted to stump Christ. They wanted to prove him wrong. They didn't care about the good Christ was doing. They only cared about themselves. And we all have people like that. And if you're one of those, repent and stop being a people like that, okay? We don't need to be people like that. Now, we all fall in that, but we don't need to live a life of that. But these wreckers show up, okay? They're the doubters, okay? They're what I call the interrupters. Luke 5, chapter, 7, or Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Pharisees and teachers of the law were just sitting there. Then in Luke chapter 5, verse 21, who is this who speaks blasphemes and who can forgive sins but God? He just healed a dude. Like That's what you're completely focused on. There's so much good happening around you and you pick the one thing that doesn't even really matter as much as you think it does. And you know people like that. You get up in the morning and you're vibing, man. You know how you get your morning rhythm in? Oh, things are happening and then you get the text and you flip the phone upside down and you you don't even want to answer it because you know who it's from. They're breaking your stride, aren't they? You get up in the morning, you have a little bit of rhythm, a little bit of stride, and you get the phone call, and it throws off your whole morning. Many times you look and you know who's calling you, and you hit silent, and slip it back in your pocket, don't you? Come on, you know you've done it. You know you've done it. And those are the people sometimes and the situations that we have to guard ourselves from. But remember, you have godly character inside of you, and those people will come around you, okay? They're the ones who wreck. They're the ones who want to break our stride. And we have to pull back and say, now listen, okay, I cannot be mad at those people. Are we supposed to hate people or hate sin? We hate sin. I'll answer that. Yes, we hate sin, okay, and the spirits that influence that sin. Many times people who are wrecking are controlled or influenced by a spirit, okay? So we have to be aware because their soul and their salvation is just as important as mine or yours, amen? Okay, don't, but don't get all scared when people show up and they try to ruin your day and they look at that one bad thing upon all the good. Just say, well, Jesus dealt with it too, Okay, but I have character in my life, so I'm gonna continue for it. Here's another group, people group, the weak. There are people who will come to you who will be weak. Christ attracted people that were weak. You take the man who was paralytic, the man who was paralyzed, right? The paralytic. He he was attracted. He knew he had to get to Christ. And then the men who carried him there really thought that, man, if we could get this man close to Christ, Christ can do something, okay? But I cannot do anything in myself. They were in a position where they needed help. Has any of you ever been in a position where you just need some help, right? Weak. Okay, And then there's other people who will be attracted to you because they just need encouragement. There were some people in the crowd, I don't think everybody was there. I don't know their hearts. Okay, I don't know their minds. I don't know their thoughts. So I'd have to assume that there were some people in the crowd there that was really ready to learn at what Christ was teaching them. They just didn't know how to do it by themselves. you got that person in your life, and you look at them, and you're thinking, Oh, Lord, have you ever, oh, bless their heart. Have you ever said that? You know what that A.K.A. means, right? Yeah. And you think, why do they keep coming around? Because they see something inside of you that they don't see inside their self, and they want what you got. And we cannot push them away. Jesus did not push it. He let the crowds come. He, I mean, Come on, get in closer, man. i got something to say that's going to change your life. You're going to see something in me that you ain't seen in nobody else, right? He would get up and read in the synagogues what we would call church. He would shut it and go sit down on the seat, and people would be like, man, I ain't never heard anybody talk with that much authority. And he didn't push anybody away. Listen, some of the people in your life that are trying to, find your way, trying to find their way, don't push them away. You go ahead and with both arms kind of, you know, guard yourself because you know that they're weak, but at the same time, they see something. Maybe they have a temptation or something that they're struggling with in their life, and they see it in you. They're like, man, if I could just get a little bit closer, maybe some of that could rub off on me. And you know what? We want to be those type of Christians, man. I want Jesus to rub off of me onto somebody else, don't y'all? So don't push those guys that are weak away. And now we also see this, okay? We see see the workers okay we see the workers so we know that his disciples were there but we see workers who were a part of the crowd you're going to attract workers okay you are encourage them to be a part you've got an ideal for your business you're trying to get your family um, in, in a different light you're trying to help yourself get out of something and people are trying to help you those are the workers don't push them away okay maybe god has assigned you a task in the community or in the church and people come up to you and you wonder why does people keep volunteering and want to be around me because the spirit of god that's in you that's directly linked to your character will attract workers because people want to be a part of something bigger than themselves that makes a difference in their home in their life in their community amen yes so you're thinking why because the Spirit of God that's inside of you that's making your character grow, making you go through some things that really aren't that fun. <laughs> but you know that they build character, okay? And those workers will be attracted to you, okay? And we have people there, it was in the crowd that were teachers, and then we see the laborers, and we see these things. Think about the, the, the men that brought, the man that was paralyzed, that could do nothing but lay on the bed. Those were some laborers of the Lord, think about their mindset. Okay, if you lay down, we're going to pick this up and we're going to take you to where you need to go. And then they got up and there was no room that they could go through the crowd. So they come up with another idea and they look at the top of the roof, no doubt, and they say, man, we can get to him through there. So they crawl up there, whatever they have to do, rip those tiles apart and lower him down before God. Oh, give me some people, right? Give me some people that say, listen, we know there's problems but we're going to look for the solutions. Whatever we got to do, we're going to pick up, we're going to tear apart we're going to bring down so we can get people at the feet of jesus and you'll have people like that in your life and some of you guys are people matter of fact the reason why you're attracted to the church and everything that's going on because we're a church we're a movement we're an organism okay we're not meant to sit on the corner and sing kumbaya for the next hundred years to steal pastor's line amen yeah we're moving we're doing but those people are attracted to you don't push them away don't push them away say okay come Let's go. Let's go to work together. Let's do what we can. We want to bring as many people as we can. That's the reason why this godly character is so critical because people are going to be attracted to you and then you get to influence them to the cross. You get to influence them to Christ. Amen? And we know that, okay? And we know that. Now, as we continue here, we see something, okay? Let's get on to the first hack here, okay? We see something in the text, okay? We know that the reason why we build godly character because it's all about the people, isn't it? There's one thing that I've learned at 39 years old. Money's great, stuff is good, it's nice to have all that. But when I'm in a crunch and I really need help, it sure is good to have good family and good friends. It's the people. It's the people. I could have $200 in my pocket and not need it. I could have stuff at my home and not need it. But when somebody comes up to me and gives me a word of encouragement, it's exactly what I need, amen? Amen. So it's about the people. That's the reason why our character is so strong. That's the reason why we want our character strong. It's about the people in our household, the people in our church, and the people where God's called you to. So the first life hack here, okay? So the first thing that we remember that will help develop this character is be faithful to God in our action. Okay, we want to be faithful to God in our actions. When we truly desire to honor God, we will naturally cultivate our desires and our plans to honor him, okay? Whenever our goal is to walk out of our house and today we say, God, today I'm going to honor you with my thoughts. Today I'm going to honor you with my actions. Today I'm going to honor you with my energy. What we'll see is that there's something that's cultivated inside of us that we don't have to fight against. We'll naturally want to do things that honor God. So we go out and we set our mind, I'm going to be faithful to God in my actions. Now in the story, we see how Christ dealt with people that were doubters and people who loved to interrupt and they had all kinds of weaknesses. People see, God sees that in your life too. He sees that people are trying to interrupt you. See, this is the thing about being faithful in our actions is that we see that Christ sees what others do not see. Christ sees what others do not see. Whenever the man that was paralyzed was brought to him, it says that he saw their faith. See, he sees what others do not see. He looks into your life, and he sees the people who are coming up against you and the spirits who are trying to throw you off of what he's called you to do. He sees those things that are just trying to interrupt your life. He knows you're trying to build a team. He knows you're trying to do things, and people have weaknesses, which we all do, amen? He sees that. Just know that you're going to honor God in your actions anyways because he sees what other people do not see. Okay, He sees what other people do not see. And this is the important because whenever whenever they were bringing that man to him that needed healing, people might have saw it as interruption. Jesus didn't. He saw it as faith. When they were bringing that man to him, people could have easily saw it as insignificant. Who's this insignificant man that's interrupting our church service? Jesus didn't. He saw it as faith. He knew that somebody showed up to do something and see that if he, he, he was who he was. Because this is what happens. When Jesus sees us move, he sees our faith in action. See, Jesus sees our faith in action, so you keep pouring into those people that are very difficult. You keep making sure that your character is checked before God, and you're doing your devotions, you're doing your prayer time, you're fasting, you're doing whatever you can to make sure you got as much Christ inside of you, and his life is rising up, and the old man is being pushed away. Can I get an amen? Amen. And then whenever I do that and I see that and I get close to Christ, the things that other people will see as interruptions are insignificant. He'll see as faith in action. And this is what I've come to. Some of us just need to interrupt our day a little bit more. Some of us just need to pull up into a driveway, turn on a worship song, and let's just praise Jesus for the next two or three minutes. We know it doesn't fit. I know I've got emails and phone calls to answer. I know I need to talk to people, but right now I'm just gonna interrupt what I'm doing. And Christ, just praise you a little bit longer. I'm gonna pray a little bit longer i'm going to interrupt my day for you because he sees that as faith in action because i'm not looking into myself man our emotional banks are only have so much don't we our financial banks only have so much our relational banks we know man some of those stop off i cannot handle another person (laughs) but what i can handle is an eruption in my day and god this may seem insignificant to the world but I'm going to bow my head in Walmart because there's a lot of crazy people here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or wherever you're at, wherever you're at, you're in a big crowd, a small crowd, it doesn't matter. And you're feeling overwhelmed. I know it seems insignificant. But God, I'm going to bow my head because I don't want to lose my character. I don't want to lose my witness. See, a strong character is a strong witness. And we want to pull as many people as we can to the Lord and attract them. Life hack. Just know that God sees, God knows, God sees what others do not see. So if sin's in the way, I'm going to repent, amen? If doubt's in the way, I'm going to go ahead and try to build my faith. If selfishness gets in the way, I'm going to go ahead and pray through till I make sure that I'm where God wants me to be. I'm going to interrupt my day. I'm going to push it to the side and say, God, now is more important. And you can do that without being super weird, can't you? You know, some of you guys are like, dude, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, like, you don't have to, like, sling all over Walmart, like, come and get it! You know what I mean? You don't have to do that. <laughs> you don't have to do that, okay? You guys know what I mean. You don't have to do that, okay? Yeah, yeah. But what you can do is take that moment and say, God, I'm going to interrupt my thoughts. I'm going to interrupt what my activities today to make sure that I'm still on the activity that you sent me on, okay? But he, he sees what others do not see. Now, we also see the second life hack here, okay? The second life hack is to be faithful to God in our plans. We all have plans. We have plans for our family. We have plans for ourselves. We have plans for the community that we serve in. We have plans for the church. Okay, that's good, amen, okay? But we know that God has plans, and not all the time does my plans line up with his plans, Right? So I want to obey him in the moment, but for the plans that are coming, I want to make sure, okay, that I am honoring him. The plans that I'm putting forward, God, I want to make sure that these honor you. See, in our life and in the world that we live in, many times our plans are made because we want a better life. Uh But following Christ doesn't always mean a better life, especially in the temporary. Sometimes whenever we choose to follow Christ, we feel like we're walking backwards. We feel like we're doing some things that we shouldn't have to do. All the time, God is building that character inside of us and getting ready because He's really about to bless us and He wants to make sure we can handle it. Okay? So I want to make sure I guard myself in His plans because I know this that Christ knows what others do not know. So He sees what others do not see, but He also knows what others do not know. Luke chapter 5, verse 22 Jesus perceived their thoughts. See, Jesus knew, I can, uh, Jesus perceived their thoughts. Okay, And they were going to do what they were going to do, but what Jesus could control was himself. And thanks to the godly character that's inside of us, we can control. I can't help if somebody else wants to act all crazy and goofy. Hey, that's on them, right? Now you cross my mailbox into my driveway. How many of us are like, that's another deal. You ain't acting goofy and crazy there. Okay. However, I'm on guard, and I'm like, God, I know some of these things are going to go my way, so I'm going to say, God, you can help me control my thoughts. So, as you're making plans, what do you do? Well, I think we turn to Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for in the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So, I'm going to stick to those plans and make sure that they're honoring God. They're honoring God because I know that right now it just seems like all I'm doing is an awful lot of planning. Has any of you guys ever done just planning, 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 planning? And you're like, I don't see anything springing up. What does the Bible say? He says, keep doing it anyways. That's tough truth, isn't it? But he does? He says, "Keep doing it, Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse 13. And as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good." Peter echoes this same thought First uh, Peter, chapter three, verse 17. "For it is better to suffer for doing good than it, than it would, uh, than it would uh, excuse me, if that should be God's will than for doing evil." OK? So I know that God has plans for me. I know that he's given me some plans and I'm gonna be faithful to those plans and I'm gonna make sure that those plans constantly honor him, okay? So that means when thoughts are against us, when the times are tough, when finances are tight, when the enemy seems to throw everything in the world, I'll remember one thing that God knows and what he has spoken to me is what he already knows. He knows what others do not know. So I know that my character, and I can take a breath because I know what I'm doing now matters for the future plans. And be careful, because we have a tendency to self-sabotage. We have a tendency to thank God. The plans that you have for me are greater than I could ever imagine. Right, Ephesians three twenty, Exceedingly abundantly above all we could think or ask according to the power that works within us. According to the power that works within us, I know it's directly connected to my character because it is the new man of Christ that lives in me and not the old man, okay? But when, when the old man will stand up and the world and the enemy will say, well, you're insignificant, well, you can't do this. This is a dream that's just too big for you. You'll never be able to save your marriage. You'll never be able to get back in touch with your kids. You'll never be able to handle that position at work. And what we do is out of ignorance, out of fear, out of doubt, we start self-sabotaging. We start putting ourselves in positions to lose. And we hide and, and, and we run from that, okay? But how do we do that? Well, we protect the plans. Okay, we protect the plans that God has spoken to us through his word, that he's breathed to our spirits. How do we protect our plans? Well, before we get to how do we protect our plans, maybe the reason why so much stuff is coming against you is because of the plans that God does have for you. Those plans that are meant to exceed your expectations. You wonder why you're in the midst of a battle, because God's looking at your life, and he's saying, "Oh, there's something inside of that gal. There's something inside of that guy right there that the world needs, and I can't wait to let it loose and permeate everybody around them and their sphere of influence. Yeah. Ah, but it hurts. Welcome to the program. <laughs> it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt because God is going to do it, so we protect our plans, but how do we protect our plans? We protect our plans by this, we get closer to Christ. The guy was like, listen, we're out here on the outside. Don't be just a member of the crowd. If you're a member of the crowd this morning, I want to encourage you. Be a member of our congregation. Be a member of our church. Find a place to volunteer. Don't be on the fringes. We don't want you out there. We want you in and a part of what we're doing, and we've got a place for you, amen? But don't just settle for that crowd. No, no, I want to get close to Christ and the things that I need to do to get close to him, which we know is worship and prayer, reading his word, serving, doing these things. I want to get close to him. I don't want to just be in the crowd. Then don't push help away. Think about the man that was paralyzed. Oh, I'll crawl there myself. Well, A, we don't even know if he could. Number two, the crowd was so thick he couldn't crawl through it. If he would have got there by himself, he would have been stuck again. You wonder why you're stuck again sometimes? It's because you push away the help that God sends you. So whatever pride you have in your life, you need to push it to the side and say, God, you're here to help me, and however that cometh. Some of the great words comes from a four-year-old granddaughter, doesn't it? Listen to last week's service and you'll understand. Now, we should guard everything, right? But we don't push away help. People are coming to help you. People are coming to bless you. Our natural inclination is I don't want to appear weak. We understand that. But in his weakness, in our weakness, he is strong. We were at a conference this last week and had a great time. It was close to the end of the conference and God spoke to me. He said, Matt, we're sitting in a service. And he said, Matt, have you forgotten? forgotten," And he didn't say have, excuse me. He said, Matt, you've forgotten what it was like to not be saved. And that word just kind of set on me for a moment and then, then left. I went back to my, my room. and You can ask Pastor this. I wasn't trying to be holy. I just said, Pastor, I'll let you go eat. I've got to get back to my hotel room for it. I just, I've got to get back. And I went back to my hotel room, and I just started praying. And that word came back to me, and I began to weep and repent, guys. See, the reason why we have to have such strong character is because all the people around us, they need to go to heaven with us. And it's so easy to forget once we get saved what it was like to not have plans, to not have a hope, to not have a future, to really look at a situation and say, there's absolutely no way I can get through this and I don't even know how I'm going to do it. As Christians, we have the absolute honor of saying all that stuff, but then we say, but. But God. See, without Christ, I don't have plans, I don't have hope, I don't have a future. And as I was thinking about that, and I did, I'm just being very transparent with you, very vulnerable. For an hour and a half, I cried out. I ordered a pizza and it got cold. You should have seen the pizza the guys deliver eyes when I answered the door with tears running down my face. <laughs> He's like, here. Yeah. I was like, just thank you. Put it on the bed and went back to praying, you know. But I was thinking about that. And so easy to forget because I've got plans and I've got things that I'm trying to do, and and God, I know that you're trying to move, but I'm so busy about doing your business that I forget to ask you, is this even your business at all? Am I where I'm supposed to be? Because I don't want my plans to go anywhere that you're not. And he really spoke to me. Don't push away. I could have easily multiple times said, you know what, I'll go out to eat, I'll do all that stuff, I'll, I'll, I'll do that later. But I'm so glad because God spoke to me. Don't push help away. Then you got to walk away from your old self. One of the great things about this story is simply, when Jesus healed, healed the man, what did he say? Take up your bed and walk. Whenever God heals you, whenever he delivers you, whenever he speaks that word, whenever he gives you that opportunity and you conquer it, never go back to who you were. Forget those things. Get those things off of you that so easily beset you and hold you back. You leave those, and you say, I'm going to take up my bed, and I'm going to walk in the direction that God has called me to walk in. My old self is behind me, and the new lives. And as Christians, this is the thing. It's a perpetual thing. God teaches me. I learned more yesterday than I did the day before, and hopefully I'll learn more today than I did yesterday. So that means i got to keep walking, Pastor. I cannot afford to turn around because I want to learn more today than I did. And you take that old self and you leave it behind you. I don't know what God is doing in your life. I don't know where you're at, but I do know that God absolutely cares about your situation and maybe your situation is simply because God has greater plans than you could ever imagine and he's building that character. Don't push that away. Embrace that character. God will not waste your pain that you're going through. So if you say I don't know why this situation is happening, just say it's okay because I'm going to be stronger from it. I didn't say it was going to be fun. I didn't say you were going to like it. I didn't say there wouldn't be nights that you wake up and think, "Why in the world am I here? What's going on?" We all have those. But what I do proclaim in my life is that God you're going to make me better because of this situation. You're not just going to bring me here, but you're going to take me further. That means I have to leave that old stuff behind and I have to protect the plans that God has given me in my life. You do the same because he sees what nobody else sees in your life and he knows what nobody else knows. So the character that he's building in you, the character that he's building in me, that way we can shake our home, we can shake a community, we can shake a nation. But are we willing to leave that from behind us and say, God, I've got to keep moving forward. I'm taking my eyes and I'm looking them at you because you're the one that first looked at me. So I am going to look at you. Would you guys bow with me? Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for the reality that you first loved us. That you loved us, God. Sometimes that's hard to understand, it's hard to comprehend, it's hard to make sense of, but you loved us first. The psalmist penned the words in Psalms 123, to you I lift my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, my eyes Of a maidservant to the hand of their mistress. So our eyes look to you, Lord our God, till he has mercy on us. Father, we look to you this morning. Jesus, we are focused in on you. We look towards you. We want to be like the man who needed help and said, Whatever I've got to do to get close to you, I want to do that. And Father, we take great courage. That you see what nobody else sees. You see the battle. You see the frustration. You see those things. But you also know what nobody else knows. And you know, in the, and you know that inside of each one of us is the character that lies within you for saved. And if we're not, then we can fix that this morning. Push that old man away and embrace the new man. And if you're with us this morning, however you're streaming, and you would say, Matt... First thing i got to get right is my heart. I need Christ in my life, or maybe there's, as a Christian, you've got to do some repenting. We all have to do it from time to time. Don't push that away. But if you're new to the faith and you would say, today is the day that Christ becomes my Lord and my Savior, we want to say welcome and we want to help you. And that's personal. That's something that we all have to pray on our own. There's no magical words. It's really a hard issue saying, Christ, this is where I'm at. I know I need you as a Savior. Forgive me of my sin. Change my life. I want to follow you as Lord and Savior of my life. And I lay down the rights of my life. But if you're one of my brothers and sisters in the place this morning, hey, I'm with you. I had to remember what it was like when I wasn't saved. I had to remember that, God, you see what nobody else sees, so you know what's going on, and I'm going to trust you. And, Father, you know what's inside of me greater than anybody else knows what's inside of me, and I'm going to trust that too. And I don't know where you're at, brothers and sisters, but I just want to remind you this morning that the character of God that's in you, the Spirit of God that's in you, is going to be able to pull you through your situation if you will continue to add to that reservoir. If you will continue to do the things that you know how to do and have faith that my actions are going to honor God and the plans that I have for my future are going to honor God. Would you stand up with me all across the building? I want you to stay in this moment of worship here. Here in a moment, we're going to have prayer warriors or a prayer team come down and they're just going to pray with you for anybody who wants prayer. Please don't forget that God knows what you're going through and he sees and he knows. But some time to time, we need a little bit of encouragement. And I'm gonna ask my prayer team to come on down. If you guys would line up the front. And as they come down, if you need some encouragement, if you need just to be reminded that God, you see what we're going through. You know what we're going through. I wanna release you from your pews. Come down here. Release you from the Cascades. Come down here and grab a hand and hug a neck. Say, pray for me. Help me to remember Maybe you need healing. Maybe there's just a simple unspoken, and we want to tell you that we're here for you right now. We want to give you time to come down and pray. Maybe you just want to come down to the front and take a moment, and that's fine too. Could we have some just slip out and circle these? It's not good to be alone. Come down here and put a hand on a shoulder. Absolutely. Come down here and encourage the ones who are down here. As you're in your seats, would you just stretch out your arms, grab your spouse's hand, and let's pray together. Father, thank you for what you're doing this moment in the altar, God that the character that you're building in each one of us god is because you have great plans for us god because you have dreams that surpasses what we can understand god we know things are sent to interrupt people are sent to doubt or circumstances but we push those out of the way and we remember this morning that our actions are going to honor you that our plans are going to honor you god and you see you see and you know god this morning whatever whatever is lacking in their reservoirs, God, that you would fill it up with your spirit. If it's encouragement, God, fill it up, Father. If it's just a word, God, from you, fill up that reservoir. God, if it's love or kindness, God, just that they know that they are not forgotten about it and you know, God, we pray that you just fill it up, God. Fill that reservoir up. Holy Spirit, move, God. Move in only the way that you can move, Father. We bring our brothers and sisters before you and we thank you for their courage, God, the courage at the altar that they show this morning, God. We thank you for the men and women who sit in the seats, God, and they know what resides on their heart and their life and their situation that they're going through, God. Thank you that you're building your character within them, Father. Thank you that some has found you today, God, and are going to walk in your character, God, that they can push through and pull through what they're going through, God. That it's not them, but it's what lies within them, and that's your Spirit. Oh, Father, our hearts are bowed to you. Thank you for what you're doing, God. We bless your name, Father. We thank you for what you're doing at the altar and in the seats in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at Ray of Hope Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you were encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.